we're going to read Psalm 127. And it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I want to talk today uh, from this title, The Heritage of the Lord. The Heritage of the Lord. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us through his word today. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands and your voice to the Lord and ask God to speak? Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you for your people that are here. We ask that as the word goes forth, that it would illuminate our heart and mind, that we would understand your word today, that we would believe your word. We pray, God, that you would have your way in this house and that nothing would hinder it. We lose faith and revelation into this place, that we would believe and understand your word today. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive. Bless your people today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible gives many different examples of children, and there are several stories in Scripture that God's promises are fulfilled through the birth of a child. Abraham and Sarah, 100 years old Abraham was. His promised child was born. That same child that God had promised him 25 years before. 25 years. You're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. 25 years. And we, most of us are probably familiar with that, with that story. But you can read about it in the book of Genesis. And so much time passes. And finally... The promise that God had made Abraham that he would make of him a great nation and that he would give the descendants of Abraham this land that is we know in scriptures the promised land or uh, Canaan land or modern day Israel. Uh, all of that was promised to Abraham and that promise would be fulfilled through the birth of only one son. His name was Isaac. Such a great unfolding of events that started with just the birth of one baby. Hannah, a woman who wanted a child, but her womb was barren or shut up, if you will. She 
could not conceive. It grieved her to the point that one day when her and her husband took a trip to the temple, their annual trip to the temple, she was found praying and grieving, pouring her soul out to the Lord in such a way that her mouth moved, but there was no sound that came from her mouth. She was attempting to express her grief and her sorrow, yet her dire request for a child. And uh, she makes this vow that if you give me a son, I will dedicate him back to you. I will give him back to you all the days of his life. And Hannah did have a son, Samuel, a prophet in Israel that anointed the first king of Israel, that anointed the infamous King David, the man David that would be the one through whom the Messiah would be born, that lineage of David, King David, the one who killed Goliath and won a great victory for the nation of Israel, King David, who would, birth, who would be the father of Solomon, who would be considered the wisest man who ever lived up until the time Jesus would be born. King David, the one through whom uh, the, the, the lineage that Jesus would be born. But it was Samuel who anointed David, and Samuel was the son of a woman named Hannah who desperately wanted a child. What incredible uh, events that unfolded after the birth of one baby, and I would be uh, I would be a fool to not mention this one baby, through whom would be born through Mary the Virgin from Nazareth, who had found favor with God, that she would be chosen to uh, carry the baby. Jesus Christ, who would be born into the world, who would live a sinless life and die on a cross and pay the penalty for the sin of every single person that has ever lived. He paid the price for those sins and he would be born and he would die and yet he would rise again victorious over death and hell. And it all started with the birth of one baby. Now eternal life is available to whoever believes in him. And they will not perish but have everlasting life. That is now possible to every single person on this planet. But it all started with the birth of a baby boy. That baby boy was not just a boy. He was not just a human being. He was fully human. But he was also fully God. This incredible merge of the spiritual and the natural, the invisible and the visible, the intangible and the tangible merged together in the womb of Mary and she gave birth to Messiah. And one birth changed the world. And we can go through history and these significant figures in history, one birth changed the world. For the good and for the bad, one birth changed the world. Any infamous king 
president, scientist, explorer, Isaac Newton, Christopher Columbus, Theodore Roosevelt, Adolf Hitler, Winston Churchill, the birth of one impacted the world. I want to ask us today, what kind of impact do we think that these babies in this church can have? What kind of impact do we think that they will have? We have a great responsibility with the heritage or the blessing that the Lord has placed in our hands to raise and to steward and to guide. Because one birth can impact the world. One birth can impact a family. One birth can impact a city and a nation. And we see the power of placing the blessing of these children God has given us back in the hands of God. And so we find in Scripture that children are a blessing. Verse 3 of our text, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the blessing of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. Now, we, we see here that uh, raising children is a lot of work. It is hard work. All our veteran parents say amen. Amen. Uh, it is hard work. One is hard enough. Two, you think you can manage. You get past two, the parents are outnumbered. What do you do? Just keep them alive. Keep them clothed. Keep them fed somehow. Uh, raise them. Ra raise them. What is raising? What is raising children? Children are the, the, one of the greatest miracles in our universe because the human race continues on. It, it begins with the blessing that God gave Adam and Eve in the very beginning after he finished the creation process. It says God blessed them and he blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth or fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. We, we see this subduing the earth and this exercising dominion over the earth was a command and a blessing that was given by God to humanity. But that subduing the earth and that exercising dominion over the earth first began with the blessing of fruitfulness. How do you take over the earth? Have babies. Have children. How do you fill the earth? Have children. In a day and age in which children are under attack through many different ways, even children in 2024 are not even safe in their mother's womb anymore. It is, not, it is no longer simply just an argument about women's rights, but there is evidence and there, are, there is this onslaught that somebody shared with me recently 
that you can literally have satanic abortions as a ritual that you go through that is you connect it to your religious preference and it's a religious right that I have. I'll tell you what, it is God who gives life and man is not allowed to decide whether or not he can take it. Every single person, no matter how they came into the world, they are made in the image of God. And just because a baby may have been born into this world through less than pleasant circumstances, it does not negate their value in God's eyes. Every human being is made in his image. That's why murder is such a... A, a, a tragedy and an abomination in God's eyes. Not man's opinion, not man's eyes, God's eyes. Murder is something he abhors because it is man killing the image of God that is in another person. That's why sin is considered such a terrible thing in Scripture. That's why the Bible tells us what sin is. It's because they are acts that are committed by people to other people. And, and when we commit these acts of sin in our own life, we are tainting God's image. You are made in the image of God. I am made in the image of God. And when we sin... It is, it is this, it is this uh, rebellious act against the image of God, against the very character of God, because you are not just a, a, a person walking through this world, on this planet, existing, you, you, having unknown origins that trace back to this false teaching of evolution evolution that is that is a lie that is that is not true you are made in the image of god that's why he came into this world and died so that you could be saved i want to ask you a question today if we just evolved why did jesus die and if we just evolved why in the world would he bother to rise again you need to understand there is more value in you and on you than you realize. I, I saw it like this the other day. Uh, you, if, if the enemy or the devil uh, fights you nonstop seeking to kill, steal, and destroy you, and the God of heaven and earth came into this world and died for you so that you could be saved, why do you believe you have no value? Why do you believe, oh, I'm just here existing? No, that, that, that's, that's a mindset that you have settled into, that, that you're just accepting that this world and the current events happening, this is just how it is, and we're just going to try to make the best we can in this life, and when we die, we die. I'm here to give you hope today. There is a hope a blessed hope that is beyond what you see going on in the world around you. It is found in Jesus Christ, and there is this life that he desires for every person in this world to experience. It's the abundant life found through Jesus Christ. And when we 
step into that life, we begin to realize children are a blessing of the Lord. And when we realize what's going on in the world, that there are agendas to get the next generation. Whether or not you believe that, that is your choice. But that is the truth. There are agendas. Sometimes they're really bold and in your face, and sometimes they're lurking in the shadows. And uh, I want to ask you a question today. Someone came beating on the door of your house, yelling, I want to take your children. Would you open the door? If they made threats against your children, would you just sit down and say, okay, do whatever you want? No? Well, if if we feel that way in the natural, we have to make sure and make sure we're aware of things that are happening in the spiritual. Mindsets that are being launched to affect the next generation. Uh, uh, Teachings that go forth that are targeting children. Why target children? They want the next generation. But if you are a God-fearing believer, we have to make sure we're aware that, yeah, we go to church, we believe in Jesus, we try to obey the Word of God, but we also parent according to the Word of God. And we train up our children in the way the Word of God teaches Why should I do that? Because children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. God gave you those kids. Protect them with your life. I said God gave you those kids. Protect them with your life. And so this blessing... Uh, we, we, we see in, 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 this, uh, in, this, in this just whole idea of children that um, and raising them and, and, and such, there, there can be challenges and there can be good days and bad days. And it's messy sometimes and it's, it's, it's just wild. And as I mentioned previously, um, um, once, once you surpass two, you start to feel outnumbered and how in the world am I going to do this? And um, I, I, I actually was praying that uh, the other day um, because, you know, we as people, sometimes we like to, we like to have a good handle on life. Good, you know, I, I got life figured out. Uh, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work hard. I'm, 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 I've got my life kind of figured out. That's kind of what every person wants to uh, obtain, a point in their life where they kind of got it figured out, where, where most of your life is firing on all cylinders. And, and uh, so I, I was praying about some of this, and I'm like, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm, your, your word obviously says that children are a blessing from the Lord, but I, I'm going to tell you what, I feel a little overwhelmed here. Um, and I, it, it, it's a good overwhelmed, but overwhelmed is still overwhelmed because when you're trying to figure things out, with your human reasoning, uh, you don't see the full picture. And um, I, I was I was just kind of talking to the Lord about that. 
and I'm like, how in the world? You know, I'm being I'm being honest here. I'm dedicating my own daughter today to the Lord, so I'm going to speak as a father as well. Um, I, I was kind of talking, going, how in the world? How in the world do you expect me to effectively pastor this church, plant another one, and have three children and two of them under two? And it all happened at the same time. That was my my question. And uh, this is what the Lord said. You know, uh, he said, you, you wanted a family you thought you could contain. Two, that's, that's it. You're, that's what you thought you wanted. That's what you thought you needed because that was in the, the realm of what you thought you could handle. But my word says children are a blessing from the Lord. And I wanted to bless you beyond what you thought you could handle. Here's the reality of it. When, when we see things in, 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 in this world that we're living in, in this life we're trying to, to walk through, and, and, and we're, we're trying to live life and, and, and live it successfully and wholly to the Lord on our own, and then we've got these little eyes watching us, and the Lord is calling us to things, and, and we don't just have a responsibility to ourselves, but we have a responsibility to the blessings that God has given us, and we have a responsibility to the kingdom work. How can we, we do all of this? Because it, it can feel overwhelming, but I want to remind us today that children are a blessing from the Lord, and with that in mind, that there is this, there is this, uh, this showering of blessings that, that God pours out and it is accompanied with the birth of children. The birth of children. I'm going to talk to the church for just a moment. It's a new season. And when a church is entering a new season, it is often signified with the birth of babies. I saw it in the church I was at before. We went into this season of growth, and preceding that was the birth of 10 babies in one year. There's several babies that will be born in this church this year through different families. We have young babies under the age of two that were born last year that are in this church. There is this, there is this growth taking place in the natural. There is this birth taking place in the natural. And that's the other thing that the Lord uh, opened my eyes to, that he said, don't be surprised. You feel overwhelmed in the natural bit by the season that you're in. Don't be surprised when you begin to feel overwhelmed by all the babies that are coming into this church in this new season. Spiritual babies. And then that's when I really, the Lord began to open my eyes. He said, you tell the people that it's time for them to get ready because there's some babies that are going to be looking to them on how they should walk with the Lord and how they should be a disciple of Jesus. It's time for the people of God to rise up. 
and understand. We're stepping into a season where we're going to feel overwhelmed because there's babies everywhere. And I'm not going to be able to do it all. And my wife's not going to be able to do it all. So if you are a strong child of God, a mature Christian, it's time for you to understand that you are about to have some little eyes looking to you. Teach me how to be holy. Teach me how to love God. Teach me how to walk in this truth. And you have been given a great responsibility to lead others to Christ. It, it's begun in the natural and soon you're going to see it happen where there's young families and there's new people walk through those doors and, and they're going to be young in their faith and they're going to be innocent in their intentions and they're just going to want to do what God is calling them to do, responding to the pool of the Spirit. And are there any people in this church that are willing to rise up and say, uh, I'm going to teach you what it means to be a child of God? Are there any fathers in the gospel that will rise up and say, I'll, I'll take you to coffee and I'll disciple you. Are there any mothers in the gospel that will rise up and say, I'll take this young woman under my wing and I will train them and teach them what it means to be godly. Children are a blessing from the Lord in the natural and in the spiritual. The blessing of the Lord is on a church when there are new babies being born in it in the natural and in the spiritual. And I find found it kind of funny that we had a baptism on the first Sunday of 2024 as we moved into this new season. Babies are being born in the natural and babies are going to be born in the spiritual. It's this, it's this parallel that happens. And uh, it happened exactly like this the past two years, 2022, 2023. The very first Sunday that a new baby was born into a family at New Life Church, their very first Sunday attending a service, or the Sunday after their first Sunday is when we began a season of baptisms uh, for about three months. The very day. Now we can, well, that's, that's just coincidence. No, it's not. It's not coincidence. So I, I say that to this church, that we must be a place where babies that are born can grow up in the safety of a godly church, a holy church, an apostolic church, not just a safe environment, but an apostolic environment where you, there's a lot of good churches out there. But I'm telling you, there needs to be a generation of children that grow up that knows what it means to be in a prayer meeting where like it says in the book of Acts, when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Children need to see that. Children need to see adults praying in the Holy Ghost. Children need to see adults worshiping the Lord with their whole heart. Children need to see their parents reading their Bible at home, a physical Bible. 
pages and leather bound. Parents, that your children need to see that. Your children need to walk out into the living room and hear you praying. Your children need to hear you tell them, son, daughter, get up, get out of bed, we'll get dressed, we're going to church. Dad, it's 8 a.m. Yes, but we're getting to church early because we're going to go set the atmosphere for when those guests walk through the door, they feel the power of God. We, we need to understand that, that our children learn things from us by observation more than they do through our instruction many times. They'll see our actions before they hear our words. You've got to live for God. Well, what, how are we showing them what that looks like? Because live for God is a vague term. So if coming to church twice a month is what we do, that's what they're going to think living for God is. But if they see a parent devoted in their Bible reading, devoted in their prayer, devoted in serving in the local church, devoted in church attendance, devoted in reaching the lost, devoted in living holy, and, and their life at home matches how they portray themselves at church. When children see that, they know that's godly. Because children pick up on the real from the fake. You can't fool kids. You can't fool kids. I, I've, see, I've seen it, you know, even with my own son, he'll feel comfortable talking to some people. He doesn't feel comfortable talking to other people. You can't fool kids. And, and so we can't fool our kids. We've got to teach them what it means to live godly. As I wrap this up today, there's so much to say in regards to all of this. But as I, as I, as I, as I bring this to a close today, I want to remind us of a couple things that children need. It's our blessing from God we've been given. The Word of God tells us in Psalm 113.9 that He makes the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. This is part of a song of praise to God. It is God who gives children and so with that understanding in mind children need taught these are the things they need they need discipline discipline read the bible on what it teaches about discipline disciplining children taught disciplined nurtured and provided for. That that's that's God gave us these blessings, and He trusted us and expects us to teach them according to His word. He He trusts us and expects us to discipline them according to His word. He trusts us and expects us to nurture them according to His word and to provide for them according to His word. 
And why would we do any of that? Why would we do all of that? Love. We love our children. I don't know of any parent. Perhaps they're out there. I'm sure they are. But at least in this room today, I don't know of any parent that would say, I don't love my children. I, we, we love our children. And I, I think all of us would say, we've done our very best. But I want to encourage and challenge us today. Don't try to do your best for your kids without filtering it through the word of God without filtering it through the word of God. Teach them according to his word. Discipline them according to his word. Nurture them according to his word. And what does that mean? If I'm going to be the best father I can be for my kids, I've got to get in the word. And if I'm going to be the best, if you're going to be the best mother for your children, you've got to be in the word because the word will teach you how to be a good father and me how to be a good father and you how to be a good mother. And through that, then you are instilling the teachings of God's word, not only in instruction, but demonstration. And you are impacting the next generation and what child born into this church, that one birth, what impact could it make? What impact could it make in your family? What impact could it make in this city, in this, in this region, in the world? We don't know. But when you put them in God's hands, they will do great things for the kingdom. Let's stand. There are three promises found in scripture that are given to children three promises the first promise is found in Deuteronomy 5 chapter 6 chapter 5 verse 16 it says honor your father and mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee the promise of honoring father and mother. When children honor their father and mother, it's a long, prosperous life. We need to make sure that we make it easy for our children to honor us. Not out of obligation, but out of willingness. I honor them because they showed me what it means to be godly. No father's perfect, no mother's perfect. But if we show them according to the word of God, there's a promise of a long, prosperous life on the earth. There's another promise for your children, for my children, that I claim, and I'm going to see it soon. It's found in Acts chapter 2, verse 39. It's after Peter tells thousands of people on the day of Pentecost, they're convicted about the message they've heard. And they said, what do we do? And he says, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in verse 39, Peter says, for the promise is unto you 
and to your children and to all that are afar off. I want to tell you today, there is a promise for your children that the Lord wants to fill our children with his spirit. He wants to fill them with his spirit at a young age so they can go through grade school full of the power of the Holy Ghost. They can go through middle school filled with the Holy Ghost. They can go through high school and, and college filled with the spirit of God living a godly life as they watch their father and their mother and their local church live in a godly way. The Spirit of God in them. It's a promise. It's a promise. And there is a blessing in Proverbs 8.32 found. It says, hearken my children to my ways. Blessed are they that keep my ways. Your children can be blessed no matter how old they are, 5, 10, 15, 20. When we teach them the ways of God and they begin to keep them themselves, they begin to keep the commandments of the word of God themselves. They're no longer just watching mom and dad. They're no longer just coming and going through the motions because this is what they've done their whole life. But there's a moment, whether they're 10, 15, 20, there's a moment where they catch it for themselves. And it's no longer mom and dad's faith. It's my faith. The word of God says there is a blessing that is on them. I want to teach my kids the ways of God and walk with them to the point in life where they say, Dad, I'm thankful for your faith. Mom, I'm thankful for your faith. It taught me, it kept me. But your faith is now my faith because I watched you all these years stay faithful to God and his word. There is a blessing. There's a blessing.